0: Let's go shopping for our spiritual clothes, part 4, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. A beautiful account that so clearly foreshadows our salvation and the return of our royal spiritual clothes is found in Ezekiel. Remember, first God shows us things in the natural so we can understand the supernatural. Who is Israel today? is it not those born again in Christ? So let those who are true Israel shop further for the truth that will produce their spiritual clothes. To begin with, this portion of Scripture is taking place at a time God is bringing judgment against Israel. Note, He is not judging the world or Gentiles, heathen, but His people, Israel. We see this in chapter 7. In chapter 8, God says, His eye will not spare, nor will he have pity on those that have been a part of his temple, but defiled it. He especially warns the defectors that were chosen and appointed as counselors and prophets, or leadership, in chapters 9, 11, and 13. He says he will punish idolatry and unfaithfulness, in 14 and in chapter 15 God says he will completely cast out the unfaithful vine he promises to turn his face from them and declares fire will devour them but look at the mercy and grace that is extended over and over again to God's people that were innocently ignorant because of not being warned as we continue in Ezekiel chapter 16 As we read, let us understand it is a shadow of the final judgment day. Ezekiel chapter 16 verses 1 through 14 Again the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem, the born-again, God's bride, to know her abominations, teach her what she is to repent of, and say, Thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem, Your birth and your nativity are from the land of Canaan, the world designed by Satan and developed by altered man. Your father was an Amorite, and your mother was a Hittite. She was in the image of the enemy. As for your nativity, on the day you were born, your navel cord was not cut. She was still a part of an altered Adam. NOR WERE YOU WASHED IN WATER TO CLEANSE YOU, THE WATER OF SEPARATION. YOU WERE NOT RUBBED WITH SALT, PRESERVED, NOR SWATHED IN SWADDLING CLOTHES. SHE WAS BORN TO DIE, WEARING GRAVE CLOTHES. NO, I PITIED YOU. YOU WERE NOT TAUGHT TO DO ANY OF THESE THINGS FOR YOU, TO HAVE COMPASSION ON YOU. YOU WERE A VICTIM OF THE OLD CHURCH. But you were thrown out into the open field, world, when you yourself were loathed on the day you were born. Cursed race of mankind. And when I passed by you and saw you struggling in your own blood, Adam's blood polluted by the blood of angels, I said to you in your blood, Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 tells us life is in our blood, live, Yes, I said to you in your blood, live. God offered salvation to her as she was. I made you thrive like a plant in the field, marked and planted as Abraham's seed, and you grew, matured, and became very beautiful. Your breasts were formed, old enough to nourish and teach others. Your hair grew, should have been a covering but you were naked and bare. Physically, she was mature for this soul realm, but spiritually, she was left naked in God's kingdom, as there was no one to cover her. When I passed by you again and looked upon you, indeed, your time was the time of love, ready for ministry, so I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. He covered her with himself, Galatians chapter 3 verses 27 through 29 Yes, I swore an oath to you, and entered into a covenant with you, and you became mine, says the Lord God. Then I washed you in water, the truth on separation. Yes, I thoroughly washed off your blood, no longer Adam, and I anointed you with oil. She wore his glory, walked in his anointing, I clothed you in embroidered cloth, coat of many colors, and gave you sandals of badger skin, tough skin to cover her offices. I clothed you with fine linen, righteous acts, and covered you with silk, put her in a cocoon to metamorphose into a new species. I adorned you with ornaments, put bracelets on your wrists, and a chain on your neck, and I put a jewel in your nose, earrings in your ears, and a beautiful crown on your head. These are all symbols of ownership and being bound to the loved one that gives them. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver, covered by good leadership, tested in the fire. And your clothing was of fine linen, silk, and embroidered cloth. You ate pastry of fine flour, honey, and oil. Prophetic truth brought forth to feed her from the revelatory end-time people. You were exceedingly beautiful and succeeded to royalty. She became a part of the church glorious, the triumphant new species, evidence of the kingdom of God, the warrior queen. Your fame went out among the nations because of your beauty, for it was perfect through my splendor, which I had bestowed on you says the Lord God. The above was the glorious story of God's bride, His beloved, His chosen. But now let us read a few verses concerning those who were called to be a part of the above, but who chose to give up their inheritance, as did Eve and Esau. It speaks as well to those today who are born-again new creatures, but like them have returned to the tree of good and evil. You will recognize their fruit. They prefer to eat the things of the world and strive to obtain them. No robes of separation will be given. They are self-exalting ones that work for their own success rather than God's kingdom, and have traded their inheritance of royal clothes for the world's fashions and jewelry that binds them to a master much different than Jesus. No robes of humility either. Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 15 through 23 But you trusted in your own beauty, the self-made, played the harlot because of your fame, and poured out your harlotry on everyone passing by who would have it. Their loyalty is to the world, and people that helped make them. You took some of your garments, the spiritual clothes given when you were walking well, and adorned multicolored high places for yourself, the place reserved for your idols that you put on evil pedestals in your mind, and played the harlot on them. You connected to them, became one with them. Such things should not happen, nor be. You have also taken your beautiful jewelry from my gold and my silver, God's leadership, which I had given you, and made for yourself male images, and played the harlot with them. She chose her own leadership, Laodicea. You took your embroidered garments, clothes made of truth and praise, robes of many colors, and covered them, like they were deserving of the king's children's clothes. And you set my oil and my incense before them, merchandised God's anointing, used his gifting for the world's people. Also my food which I gave you, the knowledge of God, the pastry of fine flour, oil and honey which I fed you. You set it before them as sweet incense, and so it was, says the Lord God she taught truth to undeserving evil ones that would only mock and scoff and twist it to suit themselves moreover you took your sons and your daughters whom you bore to me and these you sacrificed to them to be devoured didn't make them walk pure and holy teach them in time knowledge for this age or correct them from straying from god's set path and plan Were your acts of harlotry a small matter? She became so like the world again, she didn't think or couldn't see she was wrong. That you have slain my children, these untaught born-again ones will die, and offered them up to them, the world's people, by causing them to pass through the fire of the judgment of the law. And in all your abominations and acts of harlotry, you, those born again, did not remember the days of your youth, when you were naked and bare, struggling in your blood. When God saved you, changed you from the cursed race of man, and dressed you for his kingdom. Then it was so, after all your wickedness. Woe, woe to you, says the Lord God. As foreshadowed above, this is the story of the end of the age of the old church. But the good news is, a new cycle has begun. The knowledge of God has matured those born again in this present age to a new species of man, ones like the Word of God and in His image. They too must be spiritually marked and dressed correctly so that they are not mistaken for those assigned to experience God's wrath. We definitely want to be a part of the first harvest seen at Revelation chapter 14, verses 14 through 16. Revelation chapter 14, verses 14 through 16. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud set one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come. The barley is ripe for you to reap. Send your angels to gather in, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. One's chosen to be the first fruits of his restored kingdom. So he who sat on the cloud Thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Jesus taught about this harvest in Mark chapter four, verse twenty-six. Mark chapter four, verses twenty-six through twenty-nine, and he said, "The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, the knowledge of God, and should sleep by night and rise by day." and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First, the blade, people of God, then the head, the government. After that, the full grain in the head, the full body of Christ, working smoothly united. But when the grain ripens, when the body parts are all in order, Immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Only the Father, who knows every hair on our heads, is aware of the first grain ripening. He will know the exact time for the harvest. No way do we want to experience Revelation chapter 14, verses 17 through 20. REVELATION CHAPTER 14, VERSES 17 THROUGH 20 THEN ANOTHER ANGEL CAME OUT OF THE TEMPLE, WHICH IS IN HEAVEN, HE ALSO HAVING A SHARP SICKLE. AND ANOTHER ANGEL CAME OUT FROM THE ALTAR, WHO HAD POWER OVER FIRE. AND HE CRIED WITH A LOUD CRY TO HIM, WHO HAD THE SHARP SICKLE, SAYING, THRUST IN YOUR SHARP SICKLE, AND GATHER THE CLUSTERS OF THE VINE OF THE EARTH, FOR HER GRAPES ARE FULLY RIPE. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city, and blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridles for one thousand six hundred furlongs. In Matthew it says it this way, Matthew Chapter 13, verses 37 through 43. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom. His people are Israel, Abraham's seed, the new species of man, those born again for this time. All things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness, He will separate the precious from the vile, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Again, in Matthew, chapter 25, verses 32 through 34 all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and he will set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left then the king will say to those on his right hand come you blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world It was all included in the plan of God for man's restoration. He knew they would fall. Salvation was, in fact, prepared for all creation. And then he rested. See why we must enter this rest? Stop doing things our way to bring to fruition his plans where the victory lies. Remember the Lord's feasts. Shemini Atzeret and Simchat Torah. We don't want to let these final feasts catch us naked and unaware. Pay especial attention to what I'm saying here. If we're not careful, instead of being invited to the feast, we may become the feast. Let us look at Revelation chapter nineteen to understand. Revelation chapter nineteen. Verses 15-18 through Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, the end-time truth, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe, his body is fully clothed, and on his thigh a name written, King of kings, and Lord of lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. Ezekiel prophesied of this meal long before Christ's walk on earth in chapter 39, verse 17. Ezekiel, chapter 39, verse 17. And as for you, son of man, thus says the Lord God, Speak to every sort of bird and to every beast of the field, Assemble yourselves and come, gather together from all sides to my sacrificial meal, which I am sacrificing for you, a great sacrificial meal on the mountains of Israel, that you may eat flesh and drink blood. All creation has been made to pay for what Adam and Eve did. Notice what God said to the animals, I am sacrificing for you. For so many years, innocent animals were sacrificed for us. Now the wicked will be sacrificed for them, and all creation will be restored. The new species of man will be given stewardship once again over the earth. Romans chapter 8, verse 19 For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. All creation today waits eagerly for those on the Father's right hand, Israel, the new species, the manifested children of God, so it too can be restored. Sadly, it did nothing wrong of itself to have undergone so much grief, sorrow, and death at the hand of Satan. Romans chapter 8 Verse 20, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. What does it mean, in hope? In hope that humanity would remember who was given dominion over creation in the original perfection of the garden, and feel sorry for it, and return to righteousness themselves, rather than see it further harmed. Creation did not offend God. Agreeably, it has been used by man in an offensive way, but never did the earth or the animals on it, set out on purpose to be in opposition to their Creator. Only man and angels have dared to do this. In fact, all creation craves to be restored, as much as we do. Romans chapter 8 verse 21 Because the creation itself also would be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Anyone who has ever seen an animal in pain or watched an animal die should understand that they have feelings just as we do. They were made subject to the enemy, death, just as we are. Only mankind is deserving of it. We were the ones that rebelled against God, not the rest of creation. We were the lawbreakers. Unfortunately, unrighteous man makes all he touches as unclean as himself. That, too, is a spiritual law. But wait, there is an answer. God gave us and all creation a way out. God's plan of restoration comes in view again. He came as the Lion of Judah to teach and warn us of our sin. He died as the sacrificial lamb for all creation to obtain salvation and as a man he took on his own body all the evil sickness and decay that has resulted from Adam's fall. He did this for all creation not just man. He paid the death penalty for sin and then resurrected to life and victory for us all. He gave man a new and better way. We can be forgiven for all of our Adamic sin through the gift of repentance. And we can be totally separate and very different from the fallen race by being born over again through God. We call this baptism now we are free to grow and mature into the nature of our father that created all things and said it was good all creation the father gives us stewardship over will benefit as he means for us to love and protect creation as his children his family we will do our best to carry out our father's wishes But what about those that do not want to change? What will happen to those that turn their backs on following the truth? What will happen to those found naked on the Lord's day, or dressed in robes of shame? I pray they read and understand. Zephaniah, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Zephaniah, chapter 1. Verses 6-8 through Those who have turned back from following the Lord, and have not sought the Lord, nor inquired of Him, be silent in the presence of the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is at hand. For the Lord has prepared a sacrifice, He has invited His guests, and it shall be in the day of the Lord's sacrifice that I will punish the princes and the king's children, and all such as are clothed with foreign apparel. In closing, the trumpets are blowing. They're sounding loud and clear. The warning found in Revelation chapter 16, verse 15, to both the world and its churches. Please listen to what the Spirit is saying. In Revelation chapter 16 verse 15 Behold, I am coming as a thief. Only the Father knows when the crop is white for the harvest. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Just like Adam and Eve.